Well, we're currently in a series called Keeping It Real. Say, keep it real. Yeah, in this series, we're telling it like it is. We are telling the unvarnished truth. No fake news. Well, today's truth is this. God says no sometimes. God says no sometimes. How many of you believe that God hears and God answers prayer? How many of you, you've ever had uh, a prayer answered? Well, let me ask you that have had your prayers answered. Have you always received the answer that you wanted? (laughs) Well, that was the loudest response yet. No. Now, now, most people, most people believe that God answers prayer in one of three ways. That God either says yes, or he says no, or he says not now. Me, personally, I believe that God answers prayer in one of five ways. Yeah, sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says not now, sometimes he says I have a better plan, and sometimes I believe that he says, are you out of your ever-loving mind? (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about the fact that God says no sometimes. You know, years ago, it's been years ago now when our kids were small, something happened one day that was absolutely out of character for our family. My wife and I, we were pretty much the typical baby boomer parents. We spoiled our kids. Now, not overly spoil them, but we did spoil our kids. Uh, We did for them and gave to them everything they needed and and now they might uh, argue about this, but I think most of what they, what they wanted. Uh, we ran around, uh, uh, ran them around here and ran them around there and cheered them on in all of their activities. And so that meant for Chad, that, that, that meant baseball, 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 and more baseball. For Krista, that meant gymnastics and cheerleading and volleyball and basketball and softball and track and debate. If it was happening, that girl was in it. And we just trailed around behind her, handing out money and being her cheering squad. (laughs) But one day, out of the blue, uh, one of the kids asked for something and 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 my wife just blurted out, no. And it startled all of us. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm telling you that if one of us said no about something to the kids, it certainly wasn't her. And we all just looked at each other in total astonishment. So she said it again. She said, no. She said, did y'all hear that? She said, I said no. I actually said no to something. So for the rest of the day, whatever the question was, whatever the request was, the answer was no. (laughs) I I mean, it became a a, a big joke. Can we eat now? No. (laughs) Um, I need to go to the bathroom. No. (laughs) No. We need to get to school. No. (laughs) Yeah, it just became a big joke. Everything was a no. You know, to hear some preachers and teachers today 
God says yes to everything. According to some, he's like some spiritual Santa Claus handing out gifts and toys. And and he's like some mystical bellhop on call 24-7 just just waiting for us to, to call room service so that he can be at our every beck and call. But the truth is sometimes... God says no. I want us to look in Scripture at a time when Jesus said no to a couple of his disciples. We see this in Mark's gospel, in his account of the gospel, in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 40. Let, through 40. Let's read it from the New Living Translation this morning. It says, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and, and spoke to him, spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, We want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Or are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. If you look at this account, you'll see that Jesus actually gave two answers to James and John's request. And the first answer is found in verse number 38. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking for. Or in other words, Jesus responded, are you out of your ever-loving mind? And his second answer was no. Verse number 40, Jesus said, I have no right to say who's going to sit on my right and who is going to sit on my left. God has already prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. I'm just keeping it real this morning, and the reality is God says no sometimes. Here's the good news this morning, and that is it's a good thing that he does. See, see, I've lived long enough now to be grateful for so, so many things that God has said no to me about. My life is much, much better because of many of God's no's. Fact of the matter is, is I would not be standing here today as your pastor if God had said yes to me about some other places that I wanted to go. And let me just be honest with you that that his no's were very disappointing to me. And his no's were even very frustrating to me. But today I am so grateful he said no to me and no to those places so that he could say yes to me for this place. Believe me this morning, this place is better than those places. No, not at the time, not at all, but over time and through much blood, sweat, and tears, it became so. 
Here's the bottom line this morning. I want you to get this today, and that is God can be trusted. The whole message today is to tell you God can be trusted. Ah, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. I think I'll write a song about this. Let me give you four of many reasons why God says no to us sometimes. First of all, sometimes God says no to us because he loves us. Because he loves us. But not only does God love us, he loves us with a perfect love. See, see, humans love with an imperfect love. And because of this, we often hurt people when we think we are helping them. We think that saying yes to them or giving to them or doing for them is helping, but sometimes it's actually hurting them. Sometimes we become enablers by giving people anything and everything they want, which actually keeps them from developing the strength and the grit that they are going to need when life gets hard. And it will. Perfect love says no sometimes. Perfect love doesn't hand everything over on a silver platter or immediately rescue every single time someone gets jammed up. Just like the caterpillar needs the struggle of the cocoon in order to come out a butterfly. And the process is absolutely necessary. And if you snip the opening of the cocoon to ease the struggle, then the butterfly that comes out will not have the same brilliant colors that it would have and will not be able to fly as it should. It needed the struggle of the process in order to make it into what it was supposed to be. Imperfect love says, let me help life be easier for you. Let me, let me snip off the opening of the cocoon. Let me, let me help you so you don't have to struggle. Perfect love says, I know life is hard. I know life is hard. I know difficulty is coming. I, I, I know problems and situations and hurts and heartaches and disappointments are, on, are, are in your future. I, I, perfect love says, I know life is going to be hard. And so let me help prepare you for it. And so God says no to us sometimes because he loves us. But he doesn't just love us. He loves us perfectly. I like this statement. Sometimes he refuses to give us what we want so he can give us what we need. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Well, let me give you another reason why God says no to us sometimes, and that is he says no to us sometimes because we have something to learn. We have something to learn. See, life is a process. It's God's process of taking us where we are to where he wants us to be. 
And Romans 8 and verse 28 says that, that every single thing that happens to us in life is all a part of God's process. Whether he sent it or allowed it, part of his process. And often we ask God to get us out of something and God says, no, I'll get you through it. Often, often we pray, God, give me this. And God says, no, I'm not going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. And all of this is a part of his process in order to grow us, in order to mature us, in order to make us, in order to mold us. He often says no to us because because we have something to learn. You know, it's ironic, but sometimes we rebuke the very thing that he sent. See, we blame everything on the devil. He gets far too much credit. A lot of things that happen to us in life, God sent. Read your Bible, you'll see how many times God sent a storm. God sent it. Sorry, I know that don't play well in today's world, but it's true. And we're just keeping it real. Every time something bad happens or something unpleasant happens, we begin to blame the devil. Well, it might be the devil, but it might be God. It might just be our old dumb self. One guy said, I've met the enemy and I am he. We cause a lot of our own problems, do we not? Amen. And sometimes we rebuke the very thing that God sent. Paul did. Paul. Let's read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. The apostle Paul is writing, and he says here, he says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded, I what? I pleaded with the Lord three times. How many times? I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Take it away. Verse 9, but God said to me, no. (laughs) My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul said, therefore, most, bo- most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Evidently, Paul needed to learn humility. Paul had supernatural experiences and and, and revelations like no other person. And because of this, the tendency to become prideful would only be human, even for a great man like the Apostle Paul. And so God used the thorn in the flesh as a part of the process of keeping Paul humble. God said no to Paul. No, not once and not twice, but three times. God said no about the very same thing. 
Why did God say no to Paul? Because, because he had something to learn. Let me help you this morning when God's process gets hard for you. Oh, I would encourage you to ask him to reveal to you what it is that you need to learn. <laughs> because until we learn whatever it is that we need to learn, our request for him to remove it is going to be denied. I'm just keeping it real today. God says no to us. Why does God say no to us? Well, sometimes he says no to us because he loves us. Sometimes God says no to us because, because we have something to learn. And number three this morning, sometimes God says no to us because, because we lack preparation. We lack preparation. See, sometimes we're not ready for what we're asking for. See, it's not always the fact that there's something wrong with what we are asking for. Sometimes it's simply the fact that even though there's nothing wrong with what we are asking God for, we're just not ready for it yet. We lack the preparation it takes to be mature enough to handle it. When my son Chad was just a little bitty boy, my grandfather died. His grandfather, his, grand, his grandfather, his grandpa and he was left, my grandpa, which would be his great-grandpa, his knife. Now, my grandpa was one of them old, old spit-and-whittler guys. He spit-and-whittle, spit-to-back-and-whittle. And that knife, and grandpa could do just about anything in the world with that knife. He didn't need a can opener. He had a knife. You know, he could do all kinds, because, you know, back, those, those guys back then, man, they could do anything with a knife. And so Chad was willed that great-grandpa's pocket knife that great-grandpa was so proud of. But the thing was, was Paul, Chad was only about how old, babe, maybe, put you on the spot. He was younger than that, I think. Just a little, he's just a little guy. And so, and, so, and so we set Chad down, and we told him, we said, we said son, we said, great-grandpa left you his knife, and this is really, really awesome because grandpa loved the knife, but, 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 but Chad, this is not for little boys. You're not ready for this knife yet. Not for little boys. You'll hurt yourself. It's awesome that you've got great-grandpa's knife, and we're going to put it up. We're going to put it up. We're going to put it up, and when you get old enough and when you get mature enough, then we'll take it down, and, 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 and you can carry it like grandpa did or whatever you want to do with it, but you can have it. It's yours. It's yours, but you're not ready for it yet. You know what happened, right? One day, Chad comes in from outside, and his finger is bleeding really bad. And he's crying. And he says to his mama, you were right. I'm not ready for this knife. Sometimes we want God to do something for us or give something to us. And we don't understand it because he's given to other people. Other people aren't being able to be a part of it. But oh, he knows. We lack preparation. It's not, it's not that it's not for us. It's not that we may, cannot have it someday, but we're not ready. Aren't you glad God doesn't give us stuff until we're ready for it? 
First Corinthians chapter three, verse one and two, Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers and Paul said to them, he said, when I was with you, he said, I wanted to feed you some meat from the word. He said, but you were so immature in your faith that I had to bottle feed you. He says, he said to them, he said, I might've want, you might've wanted some meat, but you would have choked on it. See, sometimes God says no to us because we're not ready for whatever it is that we are asking for. Oh, I just believe that somebody here today needs to hear this. You are very disappointed because a door that you have been praying for to open just will not open for you. In fact, not only will it not open for you, it is locked tight and bolted shut. Oh, listen, listen, listen. Somebody needs to hear this. Be thankful that it is because you're not ready for what is waiting for you on the other side of that door. And because God knows what is beyond the door, God keeps that door shut. The day may come when the door will open, but not until he has prepared you. You are lacking preparation, but when he gets you ready, then he can open the door. Hallelujah. Well, let's look at the fourth and the final reason why God says no to us sometimes, just just keeping it real. And that is because he's leading us into something better. He says no because he's leading us into something better. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, God says, My thoughts are not like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. And just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let me just tell you, friend, you'll never, ever be able to figure out God. You'll never understand him. Listen, if you could understand him, he wouldn't be God. That would be, he'd be on our level. He's not on our level. He's in a whole different dimension, whole nother realm. We'll never be able to understand God. He's God and we're dirt. (laughs) What the Bible says. We have limited knowledge. He has unlimited knowledge. We see yesterday and today, but he sees eternity past and eternity future. Now, now, when I said that God says no sometimes because he's leading us into something better, oh, you like that statement because immediately, immediately your thoughts began to think about bigger houses and fancier cars and more prestigious positions and more money. Maybe so. Nothing wrong with any of these in and of themselves. But what we think is better may not be what God thinks is better. See, see, what's better in God's eyes is what draws us closer to him and what makes us look and act more like Jesus. And often God says no to us because he knows He says, yes, we get what we want. Often we just forget about him. Just forget about him. Kind of like that that father that gave his son a a year's uh, allowance. Didn't see his son for a year. His son came back. Dad gave him a day's allowance. Dad, what are you doing? I want to see you tomorrow. I want to see you tomorrow. 
Sometimes God says no to us because he knows this thing that we are wanting will cause us to be farther removed from him. And he wants what it will draw us closer to him. Amen? Here's what I've learned. Sometimes rejection ends up being a blessing. Rejection ends up being a blessing. See, sometimes rejection is God saying, I love you. We're rejected and we think God don't love us, God don't care for us, we're God. But sometimes rejection is God saying, I love you. Sometimes rejection is God saying, I'm watching out for you, I've got your back. Sometimes rejection is God saying, if you only knew what lies beyond the door you are asking me to open, you would be oh so glad that I'm saying no. I'm saying no, God says, because I'm leading you into something better. That doesn't necessarily mean bigger and better and more grandiose. It means I'm leading you into something that will conform you into the image of my dear son. I'm leading you into something that will cause you to rely on me. I'm leading you into something that will cause you to have to come back to me over and over and over again because I love you and I want to fellowship with you and I want to hang out with you. And God says, I say no because if I say yes and open this door, you won't be available when a better door comes open. I remember when I was seeking God for a change in ministry before we came here. I remember talking to those boards and having those interviews and making it to number two spot every single time. Only to be said, no, told no. I'm not used to this. This doesn't happen to me. I, I, they always say yes. But if God had said yes to those, I wouldn't have been available when this door opened. And I'm so glad. Wasn't glad then. Wasn't very happy then. And honestly, first couple of years, I'm not sure I was all that happy about it either. And today, I am so grateful and so thankful. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Amen. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. God's no is better than Satan's yes. God's no is better than the devil's yes. John 10 and 10 says the thief or Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it until it overflows. Have it to the full. My admonition to you today is this. Learn to trust God's no. And in time, you will appreciate it. Father, thank you for your word today. God, your infallible, life-changing, life-altering, miracle-working word. God, I thank you, Lord, that I've, I've tested you and I've proven you. You've proven yourself to me. You've proven yourself faithful.
God, I just pray today, Lord, that you will work in this, in this particular time right now. Holy Spirit, do your work. In Jesus' name.